Hello, what's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the DC Power Play. I'm your host, Subir, and you can find me on Twitter at PleaseWinDC. As usual, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Drew and Amanda, and they're also on Twitter. Uh, you can find Drew at RoboStop10, and Amanda is at AWhite7877. So just to remind everyone, we're doing this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district. It's called DMVSportsNetwork.com. And they can be followed on Twitter at DMV underscore SN. There's a lot of great daily content that they push out um, on all things DC sports in addition to college sports as well. So uh, please be please be sure to subscribe to our show, the DC Power Play, wherever podcasts are available. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud. Uh, so all that being said, let's jump right into today's episode with a four game recap of the past week. Um, that the Caps played. It was not a good week. Caps fans know that the team is on a losing streak. And uh, it started at home versus the Islanders, which was a week ago, a Friday night game, which turned out to be a 2 nothing loss. Uh, the Caps get shut out at home by their former coach. Um, just uh, the Islanders pretty much played suffocating defense, uh, which seems to be Barry Trotz's specialty. And... Um, the Caps only had 19 shots on goal that game. Just not a lot of offense. And really, um, they played uh, – Islanders played a type of game that was very frustrating to the Caps. Um, and it was just kind of discouraging to see them get shut out, especially since we weren't even playing the Islanders' main goalie. Uh, but, you know, Trotz kind of gave us a taste of the own medicine that we used to deploy on other teams. Uh, but Amanda, what were some of your takeaways for the Islanders game? Um, well, there's plenty of negative to say. They got shut out. They only got off 19 shots, as you mentioned. Um, their faceoff percentage was only 46.8, which horribly enough was one of their better games this week. Hmm, right. Um, not good. And uh, they were uh, to try to have a couple of positive points to talk about, so it's not all doom and gloom. They did uh, have 100% kill percentage. They had two. Two times shorthanded, um, they killed both penalties. Um, you know, they haven't taken too many penalties a lot. Um, in the past, this week, only one of the games, the uh, one against San Jose, did they take a bunch. But in this game, they just took two, and they killed them both. Um, what else can I say that's positive? There was a really cute moment with the uh, with the video tribute for Trotz. Where it was very nice. Ovechkin yeah, looking. Nice. Did you see Ovechkin, like, looking across to talk to him? Like, did you like it? That was very Yeah, funny. yeah. That cracked me up. Um, of course, the part that really got me at that game was, A, getting shut out, and B, that was the end of the Caps on top of the Metro, at least for now. Um, and the Blue Jackets lost that night, too, and that put the Islanders on top of the division. So, uh, yeah, it was. if you had told me that that was going to be the best night of the week, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have believed you. But, yeah, it turned out that that game, they only gave up two goals, and that would be the best they did all week. Yeah, and it's just worth pointing out that the Islanders were surging at the time and they're still playing really well. Um, and the Caps just couldn't match their uh, type of play that game. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, it was it was kind of like a, a sleepy game, to be honest. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, their their play of late anyway has been less than stellar. Uh, I think this is just more of a, a con kind of a continuation of it. Uh, it was fairly even, I thought, at least through um, the first two periods. I just thought in the third period, um, 
that the the Islanders just kind of took the play, oh, took the play over and just took it to the Caps most of the period. Um, overall, you know, defensively, they were okay, but you know, as far as the the two goals that the Islanders scored, you know, the Carlson and Kempney pairing were on the ice for both of them. Um, so you know, both of them ended up being a minus two for the night. So I mean, I just don't, I just don't think it's the defense that was, that's the issue. Um, I think that it's, it's you know, the forwards not supporting uh, the de- defense at the same time. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it is a team game, mm-hmm. um, but the defense uh, of late has just looked really, really poor. Um, you know, like there's some positives, like like Amanda was saying. You know, their their power play stats were, or their penalty kill stats, excuse me, were perfect you know there's only two penalties actually both teams only took two penalties um you know nobody scored so it was pretty much a wash but like i said i just i just think to this game itself they just kind of looked a little sleepy at times um, you thought they it was just kind of like game was, with some with some fire just, you know they're on a three-game losing streak coming into it they're they're at home you would have thought that they would come into it ready to get a win and they just didn't look like they they didn't look into it. They looked sleepy and kind of lackluster. Just a battle of attrition. Um, so I, I just, you know, it's just been that that's been the theme over the last couple of weeks, just continued in this game. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that the Islanders give up the least amount of goals uh, this year in the whole league. And um, I don't know if you know this stat, but last year they were the team giving up the most goals in the entire league. And then one season, in one off season, we call that the now, trots effect. Yeah, dude, seriously, the trots effect, like to the max. That's that's coach of the year type stuff right there. Yeah, and everybody to... talked about Reardon being the defensive mastermind and that it was going to be fine to lose trots because Reardon was the one who had engineered the defense that won the Caps the Cup. And you know, I'm hesitant to go in on the coaches because I don't think they're they're responsible for poor performance on the ice. But uh, it certainly seems like what he's done with the Islanders trots sure had a lot to do with that defense. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but let's move on to the uh, next game where the caps played at Chicago. Uh, An afternoon game was just, well, if you like scoring, it was great, but it was an eight, five loss for the caps. Uh, In my notes, I pretty much have that. It was really sloppy. Um, Just some fluky goals. You know, Orloff had like an own goal slapping the puck into his own net. Uh, all five of the Caps goals were by defenders. Uh, I don't think that's happened before, at least. Yeah, not that on was the a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, and then another note that I wrote down, which I hate to say, but the combo of Taves and Kane were much better than Ovechkin and Backstrom. I think both Taves and Kane had five points each, and Ovi and Backy were probably minuses throughout the board that game. Uh, Holpe didn't look very good either, but turnovers in general for the caps just doomed them that game and uh they took too many penalties um i think or actually i'm not sure how many they, they Chicago, took Chicago or that game was two two penalties okay and they still gave up eight eight goals just uh <laughs> just so really bad. bad yeah what do you guys think um i've got let me see my notes on this one first was the lines i was before the game even started i noticed that reardon had had adjusted the lines wilson was down on the second line with Eller and Verana. So that was kind of a new look. Second line. Oshi was back up on the top line with Backstrom and Ovechkin. Um, Kuznetsov on the third line. Um, Yaskin on the third line. Um, it was definitely just a whole shakeup 
and uh, didn't work at all, obviously. But it was definitely interesting. It says to me that Reardon is probably no longer feeling complacent about how they're playing. Um, what else? Well, it's, yeah, it's good to see at least some type of, you know, change it up. Um, you know, I'm not one who wants to stick with the lines. You know, if it's not working, I want them to mix yeah. it up. Uh, I, I agree. But defensively, just giving up way too much. Yeah, and Burakovsky got yeah. on the board on that game. That was uh, oh, probably an assist or yeah, two, oh, no, yeah. two, yeah, two assists. So okay. he got on the score sheet for um, that was good. I saw TJ for the scouts watching. Yeah, exactly. I keep hearing about Dallas. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Oshie had the two assist game too, and uh, so there were some again. There were some bright spots. There was some good stuff, and honestly, the offense is scoring a ton of goals. I mean, in these games this week, they scored six, five, three, and with the exception of the Islanders game where they got shut out. But the offense is not playing poorly. Um, they're they're still getting a lot of, you know, the percentage of shots they're making is still very high. They're scoring a lot. The defense is just inexplicably awful right now. I, I really don't understand it. But this game was a perfect example. Eight goals, only two of them on the power play. Um, what other notes did I have on this one? It is a yeah, it is a bit a bit of a positive that at least they started potting some goals uh, after being shut out because if they were like giving up five, six, seven goals and still only putting in one or two or less, then then that would be like really scary because yeah. now it, at least we can focus on they just need to you know batten down on defense um, and focus on that. But uh, Drew, what do you think of the Chicago game? I just I just thought it was it was not not great at all. I mean, if you look at the, in the first period, for example, um, Chicago scores two goals about a minute and a half apart. Then after Orpic scores of, of, of all people, right? Thir- like <laughs> I always 30 love when Orpic scores. I don't know why it makes me so happy. <laughs> 30 seconds later, Chicago scores again. So go to the third period, Carlson scores to make it, you know, one, uh, one goal game. Then, 30 seconds later or so Kane scores again to, to increase the lead once again, then they get within, you get within one and then they let a goal in a minute later. So it's, it's, there's, there's no focus. There's no defensive continuity. Um, you know, we're going to get into their, their woes here in a little bit, but just not their defensively. It's like they have forgotten how to play their system. All of a sudden they were, they were going along fine. And 13 games ago, all of a sudden now they can't play defense. They like in the, in that game specifically uh, on the, on the, I think it was on the breakaway goal or the I think it was a two on one. Orlov is down all the way in front of the net pinching. And I, I, he's and specifically has been just absolutely horrid over the last several games. Wow. And I don't know, I don't know why, um, but the pairing of, of Niskanen and Orlov has absolutely been, been putrid. And, you know, the overall defense hasn't been good, but they've been sticking out as the two that have been just, just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this game, again, that I thought that they were uh, as well, not so great. Um, I think they ended up being – actually, matter of fact, Orlov ended up being a plus one in this game. Yeah, because um, he, he, he had a score and a goal and an assist, right? Yeah, yeah he, he ended up having – yeah, he had two points. I mean, he was he was on the ice second most at 23 minutes. The only other person that had more than him would have been Carlson. 
Um, but the the two people that the two players that had less than ten minutes in that game were Burkowski and DSP. Um, Burkowski had like nine minutes and thirty five seconds of ice time, and DSP had seven minutes and forty eight seconds. Um, so those particular two players have pretty much been invisible all year. And uh, you know, DSP, DSP had a great playoffs last year, but he's done really nothing. Um, at all, pretty much this year. Yeah, so I don't far. really understand why he he gets a. I mean, he gets scratched sometimes, but he gets a sweater a lot. Although I did say, speaking of DSP, before we move on from this game, it was nice. You know, last year there was that incident with the racial stuff being shouted at him. Oh, that's Chicago. right. Yeah, and so yep. they had him on the ice for the national anthem in this game, and then pulled him so he didn't start the game. But uh, I thought it was a nice gesture on the Caps to. I think he started it, uh, and then was, and then oh, she came on from like after that first shift. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was nice to see. But uh, again, just uh, another loss for the Caps in regulation. Um, and then moving on, they hosted the San Jose Sharks. This game Ugh. was absolutely nuts. A 7-6 overtime loss. My husband uh, the... went to that game. Wow. Well, that was <laughs> a spectacle then to see. Uh, I just wish that the fans, the home fans, left happy that game. But yeah. They wasted an Ovechkin hat trick. Um, in that, my notes, yeah. They, that last goal they gave up in regulation was just a killer. It was just Seriously. And, you know, I wasn't taking it for granted. You know, still with, like, two minutes left, we were up by one. I'm, like, still hoping, can we just get a point out of this? Because I just felt like something was going to go wrong. And they just let down their guard. They didn't play out till the final whistle. And uh, Evander Kane gets the tying goal with one second left. And they eventually win it in overtime. Uh, In my notes, I have bad clears and terrible decisions at the line leading to odd man rushes the other way. Uh, Specifically, I remember Kuznetsov had a terrible turnover. Uh, We're in the offensive zone and he just, I don't know what he's dangling or trying to make a pass. Uh, gets picked off, and then it was like a three-on-zero going oh, the other way. That was absolutely awful. Yeah, and then and then we we'll talk about like regulation more, but in overtime itself, you're feeling all right. Let's just get this extra point at least, and we have a three-on-one opportunity with the big boys. It's like Kuznetsov, someone else, and Wilson, and they can't cash in. Yeah, it looked um, like they were going to score, and they kept it down there in their zone for a little while. They just couldn't yeah. get it. They just couldn't get it's it. It's amazing how they ruin these chances that look like sure goals. And this wasn't the only um, example. It's happened. Like I've I've been tweeting a little bit about how their finishing or finishing touch has just been really off uh, during this losing streak, where it seems like they should have sure goals. I don't know. They sometimes either overpass or someone like trips or. It just goes Ari. So, uh, Drew, what'd you think of that Sharks game? Just yeah, I just just a basically kind of run and gun uh, up and down the ice. Um, I mean, they had um, they took six penalties. They had um, turnovers. They had their turn. Their giveaways were terrible. That one that you talked about the the coos the coos. Because he passed into the middle of the ice was just unbelievably hor- horrible. I'm screaming at my. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Trying to do too much. It just, just lazy, lazy, lazy and dumb. Uh, play on his part, and it would just. It was just not that one. And there were others. Um, defensively, uh, offensively, trying to to skate through the over the line through players as opposed to just dumping it and going and getting it. 
Um, there's been a lot of that uh, of late. So, you know, they had – they gave the puck away, I think, um, uh, 12 times um, in the game against San Jose. Um, they ended up – you know, they had one power play goal, but they gave up two. Um, you know, in the, in the one play that, that kind of encompasses or summarizes their this, this stretch was, you know, on the goal with less than a second left, that, you know, Kempney's right in front of the net and doesn't take the man. Um, he's, you know, he's right there. He could have cleared the puck and, and didn't, uh, you know, in a game that you're going to get two points, you end up only getting one, uh, and, you know, you leave one out on the ice. So it's just, um, uh, you know, I think Holpe's deserved a better fate, um, overall in this stretch, especially in this game. Uh, there's been some, there certainly have been some, uh, goals that he needs to stop. Uh, he's just, he's that t- he's a top tier goalie that there's certain ones he needs to get other ones. His defense is letting down, you know, uh, offensively, they haven't come back to help their, their have the forwards haven't come back to help the defense. There's been a bunch of breakdowns. Um, so just, it just, this game just was had a bit, a little bit of everything. Um, but I think that as far as the, the game was concerned from the defensive standpoint, um, you know, they, had juggled the lines, you know, we've talked about that um, a few games prior, you know, Reardon decided to, ju- ju- you know, kind of ju- um, jumble up the defensive uh, pairs and the, and the lines. And actually I thought that it kind of seemed to work in this game. It seemed that um, Ovechkin and um, Kuznetsov especially were really noticeable in this game. Uh, obviously Ovechkin, cause he got another hat trick. Um, but Kuznetsov had, you know, two points. He seemed to be engaged. He seemed to be all over the place. Um, but, you know, like I said, ultimately they only get a point. And they had a two-goal lead in this game at one point. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, it kind of seems like they're taking the easy way out or they're just not putting in the hard work uh, that won them the cup last year defensively. You know, they're not playing the type of defense that allowed them to shut out Tampa Bay two games in a row and beat Vegas four times in a row. Um, it's like they're just trying to get going in the offensive zone um, and they're leaving the zone before the puck is even out of their zone. Um, so right now it just kind of looks like maybe it's the tired legs and just kind of cheating the game a little bit. I don't want to say they're not working hard necessarily, but some somehow they're not defensively they're kind of taking the easy way out they're not working hard enough that's for sure yeah i I mean i guess so because i'm like these guys are trying like they're not just you know throwing these games away they are trying to win because they know this losing streak is sucking but as much as we hate it i'm sure they hate it a hell of a lot more than we do no they definitely do but the good news is somehow i mean i checked i haven't been looking at the standings because i've been scared to look but i looked today (laughs) or last night it's only third Oh, are they third now? Okay. I think it's third, right? Am I wrong? I think they're second, dude. No, uh, I thought it was. I thought the Jackets and the Islanders were over them. I'll check again. I the Jackets no, are the, one point the, behind us. Yeah, the Caps currently are second. Um, they're three points oh, behind. Nice. That's even better. Uh, the Islanders, but Islanders have a game in hand. Um, the Jackets behind them have two games in hand, and they're only a point behind. And they are only two points ahead of Pittsburgh, who have two games in hand on the Caps, 
um, from the second wild card. Yeah, I've seen a lot of trash talk from Penguins fans in the last couple of days about the Caps losing streak, and I always I, I try not to engage on Twitter in well with Penguins fans at all if I can help it. But I uh, I keep wanting to say, you know, we've lost seven straight and we're still above you in the standings. So maybe it's, it's maybe pretty, take that down a notch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're six and four in their last ten. We are three, five, and two, but yeah. still we're two points ahead. So that I think nice buffer we built up with that good winning streak we went on is exactly uh, is definitely That's... coming in handy now. But this was the first time ever in Ovechkin's career that he got a hat trick and the Caps didn't win. Yeah, they were twenty two and zero before that. Yep. Yeah, and the other things I had notes on this one was Kuznetsov and Burakovsky both snapped their goal scoring um, droughts. Mm-hmm. Which was good. Yep. Um, Burakovsky had that nice wrister. I was, I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, he shot know. it through the legs of the defender, and it went like top right. I think. Yeah, I mean, that that's what we know he can do. But I mean, are you and really going to? Yeah, you can't count on him doing it. He can, yeah. but you never know when it might come. And Kuznetsov's goal was—I mean, that was his first goal in how many? I don't know, like 150 years or something. It's <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's just been hard. You know, I try to stay positive because they're they're only I read today three points off their pace at the All Star game last year. So while it feels like Armageddon right now, they are only three games off their Cup winning season last year at this point. So, yep, no doubt. It's All good right, to so remember. let's just let's quickly move on to the most recent game at Toronto. Six three loss for the Caps. Of course, uh, Caps had a two one lead in this game. Uh, they gave up a hat trick to Kadri. That Ugh. just sucks to see. Uh, no one likes him. And have they ever given up this many hat tricks in one season before? Dude, it feels like every other day like they're three giving up a hat games trick. in a yeah, three games That's in a row horrible. they've given up a hat trick. Uh, but tired legs is, I guess, what you can say. But it's no excuse because they still had a lead in this game and were trying to get two points or at least one before heading into break. And it just unraveled in the third, I guess. Uh, Seems to be I a mean, theme. What do you, yeah, what do you want to say about that, Amanda? Um, yeah, this one was just I I could barely make myself watch it. I was <laughs> It's so frustrating. I was like surely they can't possibly go, you know, lose another game here going into I'm not going to lose seven straight going into the All-Star break, but then it quickly became uh quickly became obvious that they were going to do just that. Um Tom Wilson's grandpa was there, and that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was good to watch. I'm really worried about Holpe. It's so unlike him to give up this many goals. And I'm not really sure why he played in this back-to-back. Um, obviously, he's not himself. I'm not sure that his eye is fully recovered. Hmm. Um, and I, I, his uh, the save percentage before the eye injury for the Caps was 930. And, or 9, I'm sorry, it was like, I wrote it down. I think it was like 910, and now it's like 830. It's been terrible since the eye injury. Yeah, he's so, been getting lit up. I'm not really sure why they had him come in. Obviously, Copley in the last during this losing streak hasn't played well, but it seems strange to me that they they didn't give him the Toronto game. Well, I the way I thought about it was they put Holpe out there after the Sharks game so that you know the players in front of him knew like, all right, we got to be play better in front of Holpe this time. Um, you know, play better defense and don't leave him out to dry. Like we owe him a game. Right. And they didn't, I mean, they didn't really show up. Yeah. The only other big thing I know I, I had noted was that Ovechkin, um, he tied Sergei Fedorov for most points in NHL history by a Russian player in this game, which was kind of a cool stat. He's yes. reached the point where every night it feels like there's some new obscure stat that he's 
that he's, you know, taking over the record in. <laughs> yeah, every goal he scores, it's like NHL puts out a tweet like, he now passes blah, blah for this, you know, on the all-time right. list. Because um he passed the goal-scoring all-time Russian. Uh, like, he did that a while ago, but... Yeah, so now this was the points, points one. Yeah. 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 Now it's points. And so. obviously Fedorov is, you know, one of his idols. We saw him play together uh, for yeah. the Caps. And he's obviously one of the best Russian players, you know, one of the best players in the league ever. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we all need to take the happy news where we can get it right now. So. Yeah, honestly, like the only thing keeping <laughs> me afloat during the streak is that Ovechkin is still like doing really well. Yeah, 37 gold yeah. now. And I know. Still, I mean, well, he just. Rocket he just, Richard, here he comes. Yep, now he's back, like, with a healthy lead. He has 37. The next closest is at 30. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Drew, did you have any quick takeaways from the Toronto game that you want to point out? Um, just that the, they actually were playing pretty well um, through, you know, half the game, and then all of a sudden Toronto just took over the game. I I just thought maybe they – Caps were, just didn't have any more energy. They're, you know, in a back-to-back uh, game. Um, and just that what ended up happening is that they just lost, you know, just lost their, their edge. Yeah. Um, you know, just just got kind of... Um, no pun intended. Got mm-hmm. run over by Toronto's uh, speed and, and the way they played their game. Um, and really no shock that they lost, to be honest. I expected them to... Um, Again, back to back and on their current losing streak. So, um, to me, it was one really surprise that they ended up losing that game last night. Yeah, no doubt. So that'll wrap up the four game uh, four game set that the Caps had. Again, uh, not a good week of hockey for the Caps, but now they head into the All Star break. Um, so before we continue, uh, it's time to tell you about DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Right now, we have nine active shows. And that includes team shows for the Redskins, the Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, and Ravens. Um, and then we also have Fantasy Fever, which deals with fantasy football. And a pair of mixed bag shows, uh, which are titled It's About Time D and Dom and Thunder. Um, something new that we've also started is uh, a debate show called DMV Dispute, which is available via live, uh, via live stream on Twitter. So all of the shows that I mentioned are available wherever podcasts are found. So please check these out and uh, visit the DMV uh, website again, dmvsportsnetwork.com, and uh, give it a like, a share. All of these things are really appreciated. Um, So let's now talk about uh, some questions that we got from some listeners on Twitter. Um, One of them was from uh, at Dom and Thunder, who responded, Dom responded to you, Amanda, um, the question is kind of posed like this. Uh, the Caps have lost more than three three games in a row, just four times under trots, uh, which included just one five-game losing streak. So that's a span over four years. Um, would they be in a different situation with trots? And is the rookie head coach a liability in a division full of cup-winning coaches? So, Drew, what are some of your initial response to that question? I mean – Reardon has been on this staff for a few years, so it's not like he's coming in here uh, as a rookie coach with no knowledge of the system, no knowledge of the players, no knowledge of the organization. So um, to that point, I don't think he's as green as people 
seem to think he may be. Now, granted, now these the head coach as opposed to assistant's a bit of a different role. I think that there's certain things maybe the, from a head coaching perspective that you could probably try to do with the with the team. Uh, he's got his pulse on, I would assume, the the locker room. Um, I think the part of the problem, um, and I know that Jeremy Roenick had some some choice words um, about them after the Sharks game, you know, uh, the other night, which I actually agreed with what he said uh, with reference to that, you know, they're in, could be in trouble to miss the playoffs if this continues. Um, but my thing is that he said um, that they played a lot of hockey into June last year. There are obligations uh, afterwards, as well as, you know, of course, they're enjoying the, the championship, which is well-documented. Um, but he thinks they're just kind of tired and mentally drained. Uh, and I think there's some credence to that, um, that they've played a lot of hockey that, that, you know, all of a sudden, uh, December, you know, December 30th, that they're 24, 10, I believe they're 24, 10 and three at one point. And then all of a sudden they hit this stretch. It's not like they forgot the system. It's not like they forgot how to play. Um, I, I just think it's part of it is that I think they might be a bit gassed, um, and they've, they're making stupid mistakes. They're not, you know, they're not doing the, their system properly. And, and it's just showing on the ice. Um, how do you fix it? Uh, I mean, I, I, it's great to get this you know, week off to kind of reset yourself. But um, they are, as you know, we've talked about this before um, over the last couple of weeks, you know, they're taking too many penalties, especially in the offensive zone. They're turning the puck over in the middle of the ice. They're making terrible passes, terrible decisions with the puck, um, terrible pinches at times. Um, their power play has been stagnant. Um, and part of those things, I think, falls on the coaching staff that has to try to figure out how do you correct it. Uh, as we said, Reardon has juggled his lines. He's done different pairings. Um, and actually, over the first few months, he was kind of experimenting with certain things um, and then once the turn of the year came, now he's he's pretty much decided on on who's playing every night, depend you know on how they are playing. Um, so I, I just think that this is going to be a test for him over the next ten days. Um, you know they're going to get this break, and then they've got six games at home and six games on the road. And I these next six games at home, if they go one and five or two and four, you know. There's really going to be a problem. And I mean, do I see him getting fired? I really don't see it, but I don't, I think people will start to be, make that call. If this spin continues, it would be very embarrassing if they have to fire Reardon because the whole, you know, league or, you know, nation kind of laughs at them of how do you not retain your uh, Stanley cup winning coach? And, you know, the answer was kind of like, well, we've got a great guy in the wing. And so if things continue to go south, like you said, after the All-Star break, um, it'll get really scary. I really hope nothing yeah. like that happens. Cap's yeah, Twitter we'll... is going to be a terrible place. Oh, that? my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> but, but Amanda, so do you think having a rookie head coach has become a bit of a liability? I, I So his question was, would they be in a different situation with Trots, and is the rookie head coach a liability? And I think yes and no. I think they would be in a different situation with Trots. Um, I think – what he's done with the Islanders proves that, you know, a, he was a big, big part of the cap success, which I, I don't think he maybe got enough credit for. 
And, you know, he's more than just the coach that won the Stanley Cup last year. The Caps have been great with him. I mean, they haven't broken through in the playoffs before last year, you know, out of the second round, but they were, they were there, you know? And so I think that letting Trotz go was a mistake. I said it then. And, and I don't think that Reardon, Reardon is no Trotz. However, I don't think that this losing streak they're on can really be pinned on the coaches. I think it's, you can say the coaches are responsible and that they need to figure out how to fix it. But, you know, this is to me an execution issue. These are the same guys playing for the same coaches that, that they had when they were on that big winning streak where they won something like 17 out of 20 or whatever the numbers were, you know, this is, I don't, I don't know what the problem is with them right now. You can say tired legs, you can say mental exhaustion because they played a lot of hockey, but I don't know what it is, but I I don't think you can put it on the coaching staff. And if they do come back from the break and they continue to lose um, or they continue to, like you said, one in five or two and four, I still don't think they're going to fire Reardon because it would be admitting it would be, it would be admitting that they had made a huge mistake by letting Trotz go. And I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, Ernie Grunfield still has a job for God's sake. I can't believe he's going (laughs) to, he's going to admit a mistake of that magnitude. But um, I think this is a player problem. I think they need to take this break, get their heads on straight get back to the way they were playing before. And it's a defense problem. They're, they're scoring a lot of goals and I don't even mean the defenders, you know, not the, the blue liners necessarily, but the, I actually think the bigger issue is the defense being played by the forwards. If I had to isolate mm. the problem okay. and the goalie play, I mean, I don't know what Copley was spectacular earlier in the season. And so was Holtby. And I think a lot of these defensive issues existed earlier in the season. You still saw lots of neutral zone turnovers. You saw lots of a poor, poor back checking. You saw a lot of that stuff earlier in the year, but the goalie play was so good that they, they were stopping a lot of the shots that were getting off as a result of those mistakes. And now for whatever reason, they're not. And I think you're seeing the poor play by the, the forward, you know, the poor defensive play exposed more than it had been before. And I don't know how to fix it, but I sure hope they figure it out fast. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree, especially uh, what the point you just made. Um, They were still giving up, breakaways in games that they were winning because the goalies were still playing really good for them but the chance they were still giving up chances so some of their wins while you're great to get two points if you look deeper you could see some bad habits maybe creeping in um and you know the first part of this question was would they be in a different situation with trots if you look at it kind of from a bird's eye view or like you know kind of zoom out i i think they would be top three in the metro with trots and that's what they are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think they would be on ever have a seven game win streak? Probably not. Uh, but just looking at it, you know, kind of zoomed out, they're still top three in the Metro. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I, Trotz I, would have brought the hammer down. Like Trotz did not screw around when he didn't feel like he was getting the kind of play that he wanted. And I don't know if it's because Reardon's a new coach. He doesn't want to, you know, be that harsh maybe, but I feel like Trotz would have been benching people and, I just feel like Trotz would have handled this kind of poor play differently than Reardon is. And maybe that's a big difference between the two coaches. Yeah, it could be. And I remember kind of saying before the season started that if the Caps didn't play well, it wouldn't be a coaching problem because the team knows how to play now. It's the same team almost. Yeah, and it's all pretty much the same system. So it's not like, oh, we got a new system. We got to get used to it. It's it's not like that. So I put 90% on the players. Um, and it's pretty much execution and effort defensively that has plagued them, plagued them to uh, end this first half of the regular season. Um, so I think that was a pretty good response uh, to that question. 
Amanda, did you have another question that was sent to you? Yeah, I got another one, although we may have kind of covered it in the the last discussion anyway. But the question was, what is the deal with our lackluster defense? What adjustments are going to be made? I've seen more odd man breaks in the last month than in a very long time. Poor Holtby was hung out to dry on that three-on-zero break. Unacceptable. So that's yeah, the and, that's the note I got, and you know we talked about the defense just now, but um, he's right. The odd man breaks have, but they've been going on all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Drew's mentioned, you know, Orloff. Sometimes you don't know what's what he's thinking, but I would like to say that John Carlson really hasn't been playing very well either. And it's kind of like you know he's always had this kind of like personality that's kind of not like a lazy personality. I don't know how to describe it. Kind of just. You know, he's never too high or too low. He's kind of laid back. Yeah, he's definitely laid back. But, you know, there's just instances where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we're we're on the PK and he has an easy clear and he doesn't get the clear out. Yeah. Um, and or it, it's it, just... it gets hit but not hard enough and it doesn't yeah. – it gets back into the zone. He was on Chad Dukes yesterday on okay. 106.7. I don't know if you guys heard the interview. He does a Wednesday weekly spot on the show. And he seemed almost like he was bristling a little bit at some of the comments that Holtby and some of the other players have made. Like he didn't, I don't know. He, he's definitely laid back in general, but I think he's feeling the the stress of this losing streak for sure. And obviously he got the good contract, you know, uh, (laughs) and well-deserved, but we need him to be, you know, the all-star that he is. And right now, maybe mentally for him as well, he needs some type of break. Uh, Drew, did you have any thoughts on that question? It's kind of, you know, defensive base. What's going on defensively for the guys? Yeah, I, I really can't put my finger on what the what the issue is um, with all of a sudden with all these. It's The turnovers are more magnified in the in the losing streak, as, as Amanda was saying, um, especially – uh, especially with Orloff and Niskan and uh, Orloff, especially, you know, pinching at the wrong time, um, out of position, you know, they're just getting beat to pucks and that so sort much of thing. Out of position all the time. It's just, it's just the, it's like, it's like I said, the defense is like it's learning an entire new system. Uh, and it, for a system that they've been playing for years, at least for the last uh, two or three years. So, um, I, I really can't put my finger on it. Why all of a sudden the the defense just seems like it's just nothing but Swiss cheese, really. Uh, I don't know really what the what the issue is. Um, I, I mean, I, personally, I'd like to see the, the the pairings to be what they are. Um, you know, I know a lot of people give uh, have been given Orpic a lot of grief over this over this stretch, but. Uh, as I've looked at the looked at the play and looked at the stats, it's just not Orpic. I mean, I don't think Orpic has been that bad, actually. No, he hasn't been that um, good, but he hasn't been that bad either. He's not. You can't pin the defensive issues on him, certainly. I mean, I certainly think that if if I had my choice, I would be playing Sigenthaler every night. Me too. I would. I would have Bowie Absolutely. on the bench. I wouldn't. I mean, I think it'd be probably a, a coin flip between Orpic and Bowie, but uh, I think Sigenthaler has shown himself to be a great addition to this lineup um i've loved his play he had a great and, stop did you see the where he yeah that was wide open and he blocked the yeah. shot that was awesome yeah his his effort's <laughs> been great yeah so I, i'd like to see him get a get a, a spot every night right now the way he's playing um so i you know i i really think that 
Um, McClellan is going to be making moves sooner than later. I suspect Burkowski will be traded. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he would pull a, maybe a bigger trade than just that. Uh, maybe, maybe he trades DSP. Maybe he decides to ship. Maybe he ships Orloff off, thinking that Signathala can take up the slack. I I don't know, but what do you think about uh, I, Lewington? I, I saw this question too. He asks what adjustments are going to be made. Do you think they're going to do anything drastic if they keep losing out of the break? Like maybe even yes. Well, yes, I think that start sitting some of the mm, other D line guys. No, I, I I don't think they're. I don't think Lewington would be brought up. I think what you're they need. I think the the top three priorities that they need right now. They need someone who can win faceoffs, and then someone in the bottom six. Uh, I think that if you know they trade Burkowski one for one, or they could trade him for picks and package something, um, and try to get someone in the bottom six that can help them there. Uh, I think they need help defensively in the in maybe the bottom four, certainly in the bottom pairing. Um, and I think all, what they also need is potentially maybe even someone. Um, um, maybe actually another center. Uh, I know they've got Dowd and Boyd, and I think Boyd's probably the better of the two right now with the way he's playing. But I think that they've got a kind of like an extra player or two right now that they may be able to afford to trade. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting next month as they approach the deadline. Um, and I, like I said, I, I suspect Burr will be one of the ones that will be going out. Uh, but I would not be shocked if McClellan tries to do something more than that. You know, that is something I forgot to bring up, but I think the center play has been really poor lately. And that's specifically your top three guys, Backstrom, Kuzi, and Eller. Uh, Eller is kind of just like missing in action. He doesn't do much of anything anymore. Uh, Kuzi, who's finally starting to produce a little bit more on the score sheet, is still turning the puck over and not being as dominant as we know he can be and has how he has been. And the, the face-off percentage for I mean, back is just dismal and horrible. terrible i mean if backstrom is your best guy and it's at 50 percent, you're not gonna do very well in this league come uh, back jay beagle I'm sorry seriously maybe <laughs> they should just make that trade back because uh what I is mean, he getting we, paid a year up there uh six, a lot six something is it six i thought it was four something um, it's around four million a year. Isn't, isn't Burkowski like three million? Like, can't we figure it out? Well, he's guys? give us people. He's back. yeah, he's three, and he's scheduled to get three point two five next year as an RFA. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think that's realistic, way too much. But I I feel like, and you know, I said I even wrote an article earlier in the in, well at in the off season about I thought that the biggest change, the biggest thing the Cavs were going to feel different from this year to last year was going to be the loss of Jay Beagle, that he was a lot more than just a fourth line center and that, you know, his face off prowess was something they were going to really miss. And I think they've missed it all year, but in this losing streak, it's just very clear that they need better face off play. Yeah, no doubt. And then another name we haven't even mentioned, but Tom Wilson's gone a bit cold uh, lately. Um, it's not that he's not getting chances just right now. It's not going in for him. And I bring that up because it, it could be something as simple as, I mean, the Caps just aren't finishing their chances. If they score on their breakaways, uh, you know, the games are completely different. Um, but right now, you know, Vrana's cooled off. Wilson hasn't uh, really produced on the score sheet as much. Not saying he hasn't been effective, but uh, some guys have definitely cooled off. And that, I think, has also contributed to their losing um, streak. But... Uh, 
Besides, well, Ver- yeah. Verona and Wilson have been the two best players over this over this whole stretch, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, along with, I think Sinkenthaler has played well when he's been in the lineup, but Verona's speed has been evident. Um, he's been all over the place. Same as Wilson. I mean, like you said, Wilson hasn't been. You know, he had the one play the other night where he he got it was a great save by Anderson, but he he was coming down the slot right one on one, and just it was a great save. But they both have been. Uh, showing that they're um, with their play, that they're there. I mean, even, um, you know, Ovechkin's kind of been um, there as well, obviously with his hat trick, but those two, Veron and Wilson, have been most consistent um, of everybody. Yeah. So they have to be more consistent. They're just not doing it. Yep, no doubt. So, real quick before we wrap up, uh, the Caps' biggest reason for their uh, seven game losing streak is it bad coaching? Are they just too tired? Is it the execution or is it simply bad luck? I got execution. Uh, me too. Yeah. If I had to give um, a word. Yeah, I, I I mean if you had to put it put a gun to my head, not to be so dramatic, but if I had to pick one, I think that um I I, I think it's probably I would say I think that they've they're just they're they're tired. They're gassed. Um but I, I think it's a combination of that and their execution. It's it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, right. So I think that because they're tired, they're making the mistakes. They're not executing right. Um, they're they're not playing the way that they need to play. Um, to if they want to go back to back, the, the, their their game needs to 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 be raised, and they're, it's just not. And so I think that I think that's a pretty much a combination of the two. I think. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't really put much into the coaching. I don't think just yet. Um, but like I said, we'll see how that goes in the next, um, you know, week to 10 days when they go through this next six games, how they handle this, how are you going to get it back in control? Yeah, that's correct. That we've gotten here, but I think that they need to be the ones to, to get it back under control at this point. And, uh, I don't know. I, I was so mad after those two back-to-back losses to make it six and seven games, but after a day to kind of sit on it, I feel like, you know, if you zoom out a little bit, look at it from the same perspective, they had a really bad streak last year. I mean, there was talk that Trotz might get fired last year in the middle of the season. It was so bad, mm. you know, so it's not like this is unprecedented and they really are only three points off their pace at this time last year. They're second in the division. It's, you know, they can absorb this as long as they can get back on track once they come out of the break. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's kind of twofold. Uh, while none of us are on the crazy ass caps train that's looking for Reardon to be fired, um, pretty much the only thing I'm looking at is like looking at is is he able to get the guys out of this rut? Because you know, Trotz never let it go really more than three or four games. Um, but then the other side of it is like these players. I mean, they're big boys. They know what they're doing and they know how they need to play. Um, it shouldn't have to come down to you know coaching. Um, but then again, you know, the power play has struggled. The PK, you know, sometimes, like I tweeted out, the other team against us, I mean, they look like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> when they're going against our PK. It was nuts, especially hat trick the, after hat trick after hat trick. Seriously, too. I mean. It's so embarrassing. So, basically, I think what we've kind of surmised uh, through this whole podcast is that there are a couple reasons uh, why they're struggling and kind of aspects of the game that the caps need to fix um but again they will get rest i'm sure they will refocus um they don't want to let this season slip away for sure and the good news is they're still second place in the metro so they're not chasing right out the gate 
uh, but they will have a very tough opponent against Calgary. Will be their first game back. And, and no Ovechkin. No Ovechkin. So scoring, someone will need to step up. I mean, the Caps are one of the only teams where, you know, obviously we have Ovechkin, but then we don't even have a 20 goal scorer. And other teams like they're more balanced. It's like five 20 goal scorers on the team. So. Uh, you know, there's things to look forward to, and, you know, we expect the Caps. I think we all hold the Caps, you know, to a high standard, uh, much higher than the other D.C. teams, uh, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, So um, we won't get into that. This this podcast was depressing enough. But... Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, so any other last points, guys? Um, are you guys going to watch the All-Star game or kind of take the week off from hockey? I might watch um, I might watch it this weekend. Um but I'm not probably going to be watching probably the skill stuff. I, I, I kind of peek in on, but I don't mm-hmm. kind of watch the entire thing. I probably will. I might probably watch most of the, um, or a little bit anyway of the uh, all-star game uh, on Saturday, but um, I'm just waiting for the Calgary game to come back to see how, yeah. how they come back out. Yeah. I'm going to probably watch some of the skills competition. Cause I always find that fun, but right now I feel like I need a mental break from hockey. Yeah, no doubt. I wish they could put Vrana in the speedster contest, go oh, against Connor McDavid or something. That would be awesome. When he turns on the Jets, man, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, but all right, so that'll about do it uh, for us here on this episode of the DC Power Play. Uh, thanks for listening in, everyone. Please, again, subscribe, leave feedback if you can. And uh, we do this podcast for the DMV Sports Network. Please check out their website and follow them on, on Twitter as well, at DMV underscore SN. Uh, so all that being said, it was nice talking to you guys. Um, and we'll catch up next week, uh, when the caps get back to it. Good night guys. All right. Good night. You too.